Well, welcome to the Politically Incorrect Podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host. And today we have on our panel, Joe Henderson on the left, Tom Jackson on the right, and our guest, Alan Steinberg. Alan served uh, Christy Todd Whitman in the New Jersey administration, and he was in charge of the Meadowlands Complex from place that both Tom and Joe and myself has spent a lot of time up in that neck of the woods. And then he served under George Bush number 43 uh, in his administration and has a very interesting distinction, which I'll let him talk about in just a minute. But uh, welcome to all three of you. It's been a crazy weekend already. Policy statements on the economy came out from uh, Mr. Trump uh, this week from Detroit. And Alan, you got a very interesting and fun uh, bit of news, and that is that you have been targeted by Mr. Rush Limbaugh, of all people. And why don't you tell us why? Well, yes, that was one of the great honors of my life. Uh, last week, Rush Limbaugh attacked me. Uh, he attacked me and uh, four other people who have been on page one of the Washington Post every day. And the reason he attacked us is we are listed as leading officials in the Bush administration uh, who've decided to endorse Hillary Clinton, basically because we feel that uh, Donald Trump is an unfit commander-in-chief. Uh, now, I respect Rush. That he is a, a, a supporter of Donald Trump. But he really went after us. And what was funny is I have a cousin in Pittsburgh who listens to Rush Limbaugh every afternoon. And I get a phone call from him, and I said, geez, I'm glad that no one's sick or anything. He said, no, Rush Limbaugh just attacked you on the air. So I regard this as a great badge of honor in life. To be attacked by Rush Limbaugh means that I'm now up there with the heavyweights. Well, we always knew that, Alan. It's, it's not that. <laughs> so, I am more jealous of this than you can possibly know. Uh, <laughs> it is, it just. That is rarefied air to have the Rushmeister come after you, and I think it speaks well to your credentials and uh, and your standing as a human being. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. It's uh, coming from you. That is a great compliment, my friend. Hey really guys, is. question, and I'll throw it to the panel. I'll throw it, Jackson. You get this one first. Does All right. the, does the fifty foreign policy advisors come? coming out with a letter, does that affect the average voter in any way, shape, or form? I think it, it, it probably hardens those who are opposed to Donald Trump to begin with, but it also hardens the resolve of those who are in the Trump camp, because they're going to look at that list of, of, of Washington regulars and say, see, those are the people that we've been running against all along. These are the fixers. These are the elites. And I, I, I've not heard the, the Limbaugh tirade about this, uh, but I got a feeling that that's probably the way he went, that these are the guys who screwed things up for the GOP to begin with. Why would we give them any sort of credit as we move toward November? That would be my thought. Henderson, you got your thoughts on that? Uh, well, uh, I tend to kind of agree with Tom on this because I think if you – do not support Donald Trump, you're going, yeah, uh, okay, so what? So these guys don't like it. They are the problem. Who cares? And if you are inclined to think that Donald Trump is a buffoon, this just reinforces that. So I wonder, that. I think for me the bigger question right now um, is are there any voters out there still undecided? Um, my guess is that it's a lot fewer 
than we normally see at this juncture of the race. Uh, I would credit that to the Trump effect. You either love him or you hate him. Right now the polls show that the, the majority of people are, uh, are on the other side of the fence from him, and they view him as dangerous, and I think that uh, this statement by these individuals underscores that. Well, Alan, you were just talking about that. From your standpoint, I mean, it's not easy to break from party. When you did, you know, when you're when you see these other guys do it along with you, and you know Trump. So, what scares you about Trump to the point that you don't want to see him even uh, considered? Well, I think it was best uh, spelled out in the article in the New York Times on Friday by former CIA acting director Michael Morell. And he pointed out how Putin actually used Trump to echo his views. And this is what uh, intelligence specialists do. They find themselves what Lenin used to call useful idiots. And Donald Trump was a useful idiot of Putin. Now, I, I agree with both uh, Joe and Tom. I think they're right on the money. But I want to take it one step further. There's not only the undecided voters. There are those who are just lukewarm about the candidate they are backing. Now, Hillary Clinton has attracted a lot of voters, including myself, although I knew her and I worked with her and I did get along with her when I was Region 2 EPA Administrator. And I can tell you some of my personal insights about her. And I've also sat in the office with Donald Trump, too, on a uh, matter. Uh, but uh, I can tell you this. There's a lot of Republicans, fairly uh, uh, a decent percentage, who've decided reluctantly to back Hillary Clinton. But when they hear these notables talk about Donald Trump, as an unfit commander-in-chief, this hardens their resolve. Right now, Hillary Clinton has a commanding lead in states holding 273 electoral votes. That's three more than what you need to be elected president. Today, new polls came out in Pennsylvania showing her with double-digit leads, and that is largely composed of Republicans who have decided to bolt Donald Trump and vote for her, particularly among what they call white college-educated voters in the uh, suburbs of Philadelphia. This will harden that number. In places like New Hampshire, the same thing is happening. In Virginia, the Tim Kaine nomination was a key for Hillary. But right now, she's got 273 solid electoral votes. A uh, decent percentage of that is from both independents and from uh, Republicans, soft, what I would call soft Republicans. This will harden their resolve to vote for her. I think the commander-in-chief issue, given his erratic behavior, given the way he behaves, given his total lack of interest in foreign policy subjects, and given his incompetency when he talks about them, I think this has a major effect. And I, right now I'm of a view that barring some unforeseen cataclysmic, it has to be cataclysmic occurrence, Hillary Clinton is going to be elected president of the United States. You're listening hey, to – go ahead, hey, Go Joe. ahead. Well, no, I was just going to uh, jump in there uh, and ask Alan uh, for his opinion on on this matter. If we sort of accept that the that the trend line is going completely in Hillary Clinton's favor and that she is highly likely to be elected president, would uh, does she need a blowout of McGovern-esque proportions and Mondale proportions to? Uh, to basically send the message to the, the Trump people that, look, you may be upset with the way things are going, but you, you went about fixing it the wrong way, and you need to work within the system, 
and the majority, vast majority of America is, is not on your side on this. Does she really need to pile it on at this point? Yes and no. Here is my problem, and I have a divided focus in this election. I am definitely negative on Donald Trump. I have voted every single presidential election of my adult life for the Republican candidate. I will not vote for Donald Trump. I regard him as a proto-fascist in terms of being authoritarian, ultra-nationalist, and all the things that go into incipient fascism. I also regard Donald Trump as a, a absolutely horrible liar. Hillary Clinton, I think the best way of putting it was in Nick Kristof's column in the uh, New York Times this week where he says, Hillary tells fibs, Donald Trump's outright lies. And I think he has shown a tremendous lack of ethics in his business career in terms of small business people who uh, lost their shirts dealing with him. He's the last person I want to see elected president. But here's the problem. I disagree with Hillary Clinton on her, the kind of people she would pick for the Supreme Court. I disagree with her on health care. We're going to have a health care crisis within six months of her taking office. So I want a Republican Senate. Now, the difficulty is if she, win, if she wins by a super large landslide, it may pull in not only a Democratic Senate, and I do want a Republican Senate, but it may pull in a Democratic House of Representatives. So, yes, uh, Joe, I do want the message to be delivered. Uh, to the, her, core, her core supporters were basically white working-class men. I do sympathize with the problems they've had given a changing economy, and I grew up outside of Pittsburgh in one of those old industrial towns that today is a ghost town. So I do have sympathy. But the way to approach it is not to listen and not to blame foreign immigrants. That's nonsense. It was a demagogic appeal on the part of Donald Trump. Not to blame uh, somehow... Uh, a ruling class in Washington. Donald Trump was the biggest insider you ever saw. He's a guy that made his money in New York because he got special tax abatement deals in the city. So when he talks about being an, an outsider, that's like saying I'm the mayor of Riyadh. Uh, the guy's uh, he's, he's a total uh, demagogue. He's, he's a total liar, actually. But having said all that, I do think if Hillary wins a landslide, I think she's going to, unless there's some cataclysmic event, as I said, it will deliver a message that uh, people have to reorient their priorities. At the same time, however, uh, it may result in a Democratic Senate and Democratic House of Representatives, which I don't want. So I have a feeling on Election Day I'm going to have a lot of mixed emotions. But if I'm in Florida, I'll join you gentlemen for a drink, and we'll talk about it. Sounds like a plan Sounds to me. Fun. Sounds great. <laughs> well, I, 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 at some point, fellas, as these polls continue to go, Farther and farther south, or is it further and further? Yes, it's actually further and further south for Donald Trump. That idea that the Republican Party, being a private entity, does have some sort of ability to intervene and make a change keeps rising, on uh, at least on my radar screen. That, uh, that uh, again, the House, is in, the, the, the House uh, majority is in trouble for the GOP. Uh, Hillary leads in like 54 purple districts that currently are represented by Republicans. Those could all go, or if, if, and only 32 of them have to go to give the to restore uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi to the gavel. Um, and and the going is rough for a handful of like four or five Republican senators. Um, if, if, if the polling continues to look like this in another, I, I'd say even just two or three weeks, by, by the time we get to, to, uh, to Labor Day, I would applaud 
the the Republican establishment that says that says we can't do this, we cannot continue with Donald Trump. I mean, what did he do today? I, he he gives a pretty good speech at the Detroit Economic Club on uh, on Monday, and he comes back Tuesday and is doing a doing a rally in North Carolina and is talking about the judges that Hillary Clinton might appoint. And he says, you know, if, if she gets in there and, and appoints those judges, there's nothing you can do about the Second Amendment. Well, maybe the Second Amendment people can do something about her. Uh, a clear Wasn't that horrifying? Taking her, I'm, uh, taking her out. Yeah. I mean, and that's just unbelievable. I, I, I kind of like, looking at his website, I kind of like where Donald Trump's policy positions are on the economy and on the border and on how we ought to address trade. But this guy who gets up and does 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 the stump stuff bears no resemblance to the guy on the web page, and he's the guy we're going to get if 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 he gets elected, which you know, we we know he's not because he's just we don't elect crazy people. Well, well, Tom, I, I agree. I agree with you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. Wait. Hang on just You're a second. Guy. Okay. Hang on just a All second. Right, here's... Let's reset things for just a second. And that is you are listening to the Politically Incorrect Podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host. We got Joe Henderson on the left. We got Tom Jackson on the right. And our guest, Alan Steinberg, who served in both uh, Christy Todd Woodman's administration in New Jersey. He is a political analyst and also a political pundit in the state of New Jersey. You can hear him on the radio and on television uh, in New Jersey. And he's our guest today. So it's Alan Steinberg as our guest. Henderson and Tom, and Tom Jackson is the normal panel. I'm Jim Williams, and back we go to what uh, who, I think it was Henderson was going to say. So or was Alan? Uh, Alan, go no, ahead. No, no, Alan is the guest. Let him proceed. Go ahead, Alan. You know, Tom, it sounds like a law firm: Henderson, Jackson, and Steinberg. We could do very well together. Uh, you know, I, Tom, I think here's the problem: the rules say that the nominee is the nominee. But I'll tell you what I think could happen. This may be wishful thinking on my part. I think another two weeks of near double-digit leads in the polls, I would not be shocked. I'm not going to outright predict this, but I would not be shocked if Donald Trump dropped out. And let me tell you why I feel that way. Donald Trump, in this era of his life, ever since he left Atlantic City, where he was just a business catastrophe, he has not really been a developer. He has been a brand. He created this image of, of uh, you know, imperial majesty, a man who uh, was the ultimate business success. A lot of it is nonsensical, but he created a brand for himself. And what he basically does now in business, he gives his name to Donald Trump shirts, Donald Trump steaks, Donald Trump hotels. This is what he's all about. And his brand is going to get very badly hurt if he really gets clobbered in the election. Or if he can, and I should say, and or he gets these bad stories he's getting. For example, he's getting these stories of Susan Collins, a highly respected Republican senator, saying she can't vote for him. He's getting stories of 54 leading national experts on uh, security saying that he's dangerous to have as president. And Trump's response is, well, I wouldn't want these people to serve anyway. Well, who is he going to put in as his age? He never tells you. He once came out with a team that made Political Magazine. These guys were a bunch of inexperienced nincompoops, and that's who he had on his team. But I think if he's fearful of a big defeat, or if he thinks, and he's a guy, the one thing he does right, he's always aware of his brand. If he thinks his brand is going to suffer, he's the kind of guy that would not only withdraw from the race, 
that he wouldn't care about the fact that the withdrawal took place after the deadline and that they couldn't get a replacement for him on all these state ballots. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about the Republican Party. He cares about the Donald. And if he thinks he's going to be humiliated, I wouldn't be surprised if he flew the coop. Well, you know, Tom, uh, to go back to the point you made about the candidate you see on the stump and the candidate you read about on his website with the, the seemingly normal conservative positions, he didn't write those. No, of course not. Those, of course those not. Were you're you're by, right. <laughs> by somebody, you know, with with uh, common sense. The, right, the, but he but he had to sign but, off on them. That's the no, point he I'm making. Didn't. He, he didn't he, even he, read them. Yes, he did. <laughs> My guess is, I'm just that's I'm I'm speculating. I'm laughing because you, you may be what? right. He, 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 and he read those. Trump, as, he read those as soon. He read those as soon as he was finished reading the twelve articles. In the in the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, and 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 when he and when he was done after he put down two Corinthians, but um, he the Trump we see is the Trump, the real Trump. You know, that's him. The Trump we see out there flinging insults and making idiotic statements like you know the the Second Amendment one today. It's astonishing that he's gotten this far. And, you know, all the learned people, you know, and the pundits all sit there and go, well, he's exposed anger in this com- in this country. Yeah, he has. There's a lot of anger out there. And right now it's misplaced behind this raving lunatic who wants to be president. That's Guys, true. What, we have to, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back. So hang with us. You're listening to the Politically Incorrect podcast on – NewstalkFlorida.com and BlogTalkRadio.com. That's NewstalkFlorida.com and BlogTalkRadio.com. We will be back right after these messages. Welcome back to the Politically Incorrect Podcast. I'm Jim Williams. Our guest today, Alan Steinberg, he was serving under Christy Todd Whitman uh, during his time there. He was ran the Meadowlands Sports Complex. He also served under President George W. Bush. And now he is a political pundit and uh, someone who you're bound to see uh, writing in New Jersey and New York, where he's often on WWOR TV Channel 9 in that area. Of course, with us, our usual panel, Joe Henderson on the right, Tom Jackson on the left. Gentlemen. Boy, you got that one wrong. Maybe it's a plot. It's a Trump conspiracy. I don't know. (laughs) Trump is driving us to opposite camps is what is coming down. Yeah, he he really is. (laughs) I mean, I am right, but it's not the same as being on the right. Never mind. Hey, wait a minute. Um, No, anyway. But you know what? There's something in what you just said, and I'll tell you what it is. Donald Trump is not a conservative. I am a traditional conservative in the mode of Ronald Reagan. I, there were two presidents, my greatest heroes in the Oval Office in the 20th century, were Dwight Eisenhower and Ronald Reagan. They believed, they believed in free trade. They believed in less government. They believed not in isolationism, but intervention where it was necessary to protect our national interest. They weren't neocons, but they had a balanced foreign policy view. And now you've got Donald Trump calling himself a conservative, when he is a high-tariff guy, he's right out of the Herbert Hoover School, and you got a Donald Trump who's an isolationist out of the William Boris School. 
So what you said about switching positions left and right, that applies to Donald Trump. He's telling everyone he's a conservative. He's a conservative like I'm Mr. America. <laughs> well, Alan, you are in good shape, but I wouldn't go that far. Uh, <laughs> oh, I agree. <laughs> well, you know who, who really drives me nuts in all of this, beyond, besides uh, Cheeto Jesus, is, is, is uh, uh, Morning Joe Scarborough who oh, went my. out of his way to, to have Trump on his show. I mean, he was practically an un, uncompensated co-host, co-host for about 10 months, and now he gets the nomination, and and other other people in the media are, are really having a hard look at him, and Joe has, has turned his back on him. I, we, we, couldn't go, we couldn't go two days during the primary season without hearing what Joe Scarborough's brother thought about Donald Trump, and Joe Scarborough's brother loved Donald Trump. Now we don't hear a thing. We have no idea you know what? what Joe Scarborough, Scarborough's brother and, and, and so and, and so now his attack, is, and, and so now he's in full attack mode. Hey, he's a Democrat. They're both New York, they're, they're both New York liberal Democrats. Both parties named, uh, nominated Democrats. Where was that during the primary season? Why wasn't Joe talking about, I uh, just he drives me to distraction. Well, he drove me nuts, too, because I supported Ted Cruz in the primaries. He drove me insane. I mean, it was you unbelievable. Know, guys, we had, uh, in the media, had been uh, accused of giving him $3 billion worth of uh, free press, which I, I the $3 billion mark doesn't, uh, doesn't hit me. But, you know, clearly that – that definitely worked because he was on every talk, every morning show. All he had to do was pick up the phone and he was on, uh, you know, he'd be on the today show. He'd be on with morning Joe. He'd be on uh, CBS. He'd be on uh, good morning America. He everywhere, you know, CNN, he was everywhere. Now he still goes everywhere, but I mean, I, Jake Tapper and I are buddies and Jake, you know, on a number of occasions has tried desperately on his show on Sunday, state of the union to when he's when when he feels Trump going far afield to try to reel him in and give him an opportunity, you know, it's almost like, do you want a lifeline? Do you want to make a phone call before you make that your final answer? And, uh, <laughs> and he didn't even do that. I mean, he tried that a couple of weeks ago, and and I, I see that people are are you know uh, are saying, well, it's the press. It's like I don't get that because it's not anymore. They get yeah, they gave him the three million. $3 billion worth of free stuff, but he's still getting plenty of free airtime. It's now he's just picking the people he goes to in large part because he doesn't want to talk to somebody who may challenge him. Well, I think you're right. I think, but you know what it was, uh, and uh, Jim, you're a savant in this business, uh, as are uh, Tom and Joe. Uh, he, he was great copy for them. He was great for their ratings. He was great for the debate ratings. But now we're at a point where we're doing the serious business. We're electing a president of the United States. And this guy comes on the air, and he just insults the intelligence of the average American. And, uh, you know, and I think the glamour has gone out of that. I think people are tired of that. I think there is a Trump fatigue factor. The people who come to his rallies are all the very hardcore people who have sort of a misanthropic view of uh, America's future who are, uh, you know, and a lot of them, I have to say it, there's a lot of a bigotry approach to what he's all about. You know, when he talked, you know, when he talked about Judge Curiel, he couldn't have a Mexican judgment in the Trump uh, University trial. That was a statement of bigotry. 
uh, when he re- when he said he didn't know what Dave who David Duke was, he knew darn well who David Duke was. He went two days with that nonsense, and that was a dog whistle to bigot. So he does have that appeal out there. Look, uh, I never said things about any Democrat candidate, and I'm a you know Republican my whole adult life. I never said things about any Democrat candidate except for George Wallace. The way I've talked about Donald Trump. But he's frightening to me. I, you know, you had Joe McCarthy in the uh, 1950s, and I was proud of Republicans stood up to him. You have Donald Trump today. His mentor was Roy Cohn, who was Joe McCarthy's sidekick, and I'm proud I've stood up to him. You know, and, and I've made the point a couple of times, and I think, uh, Alan, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, that it almost is like Trump is deliberately trying to lose because this – you can't do the things he is doing and say the things he is saying and hope to govern a nation of 309 very diverse, 309 million very diverse people. So I think he sized this thing up, uh, doesn't really want to win, doesn't want to deal with all those boring meetings and everything, and will spin off into some Trumpian venture later on with the, the base of support of the people who are the true believers in him now. They can't get him elected, but they can uh, follow him anywhere once the election is over. I've thought that, and I decided, no, I think he does want to be elected, but he kind of wants to be elected on his own terms, which is off the wall. But I'll tell you what I think he'll do. Uh, Right now, you know, the Fox Network's in a lot of trouble with uh, all the scandal about Roger Ailes, and they're not going to have their same position of preeminence. I think he is going to form his own TV network. It'll be called Trump TV, and he'll have one of his sycophants, like Sean Hannity, whom I just despise. He'll have Sean Hannity going on every night, paying homage to how great uh, Donald, how great Donald Trump is. You know, I there was a great article by Brett Stevens today in the Wall Street Journal. I'm a Brett Stevens fan, and Brett's a conservative, and he wrote exactly what I'm saying. He says that he wants to see uh, Donald Trump really lose badly, because that's the only thing that will save the Republican Party for the future. I, my Republican Party was the party of Ronald Reagan, Jack Kemp, the, the Bushes, Tom Kane in New Jersey. Uh, it was a party of economic opportunity, less government. Under Donald Trump, it is nothing more than a party of cultural resentment. And every uh, I, someone told me that he actually prepared for the campaign. Not by studying issues. I doubt he's read any book other than a coloring book in terms of politics. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, I think he prepared for the campaign uh, by watching all these talk shows. He even said that. I watch the talk shows every Sunday. Well, give me a break. You're going to be the leader of the free world. You're going to learn your foreign policy just from watching talk shows on Sunday. You're not going to read learn the treatises on the economy, foreign affairs. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think, Joe, he, he does want to be president. But he wants it on his own terms. But he's ready. If he doesn't win, he's not going to win. He's ready to form his own TV network. And it'll be his brand, and he'll get a few refugees from Fox after Fox goes into a big decline. Hey, Alan, I have a question for you. Who is the leader of the Republican Party after this? I mean, if you have Ryan's got his problems. McConnell's got his problems. All those guys lost. You know, the 16 guys lost. Who comes out of this as the, you know, as the guy who is the leader of the party? Well, I'll tell you who I, who, uh, who I hope becomes a leader. I like Ben Sass, the uh, senator from Nebraska. Uh, ben is refusing to endorse Donald Trump, 
And Ben is a true conservative. He's uh, basically a conservative believes in small government. He doesn't. He's opposed to Obamacare. He's opposed to big government ventures. And he's a he's an anti bigotry guy, which is what I really like about him. So he's typical of what I'd like to see. But I'm really fearful of the future of the Republican Party. I don't like. You know, I've been a Republican as I said my whole adult life. But the party is going off in a very bad direction. And uh, I like I love Paul Ryan. In fact, I think that if Trump were to uh, step down, uh, I think that uh, he would be a perfect guy. Uh, He would be acceptable to all the wings to put in. But I think he should withdraw his endorsement of Donald Trump. How can you say, uh, on the one hand, he's saying all kind of bigoted things that I find repulsive. On the other hand, you're endorsing it. No, you can't do that. You know, you I think that I think that if enough people withdrew their endorsements of Trump, like Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan and others, that maybe he would get out of the race. At least I would hope he would. Yeah, the time to act on that is now. It's not it's not to wait another another month and see how bad things are and then say, No, I can't support the guy because then I agree. it will be it, it, it will look like a cover your butt sort of maneuver. The the time to do it if it's if it's even a a, a thought in your head that you might be able to do that, the time to do it is now. And the, and the perfect time to do it for for Paul Ryan would be today uh, while people are still going to the polls in his district to decide his fate. Uh, for him to take a stand tomorrow, I think, it would be a little bit too late. Uh, but, frankly, any time he does it would be fine with me, but the sooner the better. Hey guys, what about, I think you should have done it yesterday. <laughs> what about the yeah. WikiLeaks situation with Julian Assange? I mean, there's going to be another dump of Clinton's emails. Any possibility that that um, damages her in such a way that it still gives Trump an opening? I don't think so. We've heard this over and over again. We heard, oh, all kinds of stuff is coming out at the election, uh, at the convention. The stuff that came out uh, made Deborah Wasserman Schultz look like an idiot. And I'm the most anti-Deborah Wasserman Schultz you can find outside the state of Florida. I would come down and run myself against her as a Republican. I mean, I despise her. But it didn't really uh, involve national security and everything else. And Trump, like an idiot, walked right into this and said, oh, I hope they have all kind of emails that they can give out. You know, I mean, give me a break. That showed how unfit he is as commander-in-chief. But if a song had something that hot, why wouldn't he be bringing it out right now? I just don't believe him. I, you know, he's not exactly a guy that I would stake my life credibility on. Well, and there's another point about Hillary, too, that kind of gets overlooked, I think, is Republicans have, have been throwing everything at her for, what, 20 years now? And... It's almost 30. (laughs) Almost 30. They've investigated her. They've accused her of being essentially a murderer. They've – right on down the line, you know know them all as well as I do. And here she is, Democratic nominee for president, way ahead in the polls, likely to win. So what can they say about her that they haven't already said 50 times? Well, I'm going to tell you a little – I'm going to tell you a story about myself and Hillary Clinton, okay? I would not if, – if the candidate uh, – I would have endorsed her against Chris Christie, too. He's the worst governor I've ever seen in New Jersey, and, uh, you know, he can't run a three-table uh, uh, lemonade stand. But uh, anybody else, I would have endorsed that candidate against Hillary. But she's not the devil incarnate. You know, when I became regional administrator, Region 2 EPA, 
I thought I was going to have all in, in my region. I was in charge of EPA for New York, New Jersey, Puerto Rico, U.S. Virgin Islands, and at the time, seven in, uh, federally recognized Indian nations. I thought I was going to have a lot of problems with her, and she turned out to be the opposite. She turned out to be a person on the opposite side of the aisle you could work with. I was very pleasantly surprised. I was dealing with her on a lot of sensitive matters, including post-9-11 cleanup, which had been very controversial when I came to EPA. Uh, I wanted cleanups to go. We, we had enough of a budget for the cleanups to go up to uh, Canal Street in Manhattan. She wanted to go up to Houston Street. And I explained to her the budgetary situation, and she said, well, I'm not going to make a public issue out of this. And not only that, on other matters, she was not this environmental lunatic. She would call me on the phone saying, can we waive new source review? It's a form of review when a, uh, a business is expanding its uh, power operations. Can we waive this on this so we can get this business going? And I would agree with her. She also uh, would, uh, when it came to New York City water, I worked with Mayor Bloomberg, and he, he uh, bonded. Uh, $14 billion in order that we could treat the water with ultraviolet treatment. And she was very positive and very much in support of me on all these things. So one day I called up Jim Walsh. Jim Walsh was the congressman from Syracuse. And, I, and Jim was like the Republican leader of the delegation. So he and I bonded and we were, uh, you know, really good friends. I said, Jim, I got something embarrassing to tell you. I said, I really get along with Hillary Clinton. I said, I'm going to get attacked by every Republican in sight for saying that. And Jim said, well, guess what? I get along with her, too. So she was not this devil incarnate partisan monster that everyone made her out to be. I think her what she did on the emails was stupid. I think that uh, also uh, I don't like her ethics and Bill Clinton's ethics when it comes to money. I think that I didn't like what they did on cattle futures. And I think what happened with the Clintons when they came to New York, New York is like one big candy store of fun. And they wanted to really expand their bank account. They did things that I wouldn't agree with, although there hasn't been any criminality found. Uh, but I don't think I, – I disagree with her on health care. I think on foreign policy she could be a passable president. But I don't find her to be the devil incarnate. I'm sorry. And I'll tell you one other thing. She had something – her staff told me this. She had more of a problem with those to the left of her than to the right. I didn't realize how that was still true until I saw her debate Bernie Sanders. I thought – at times, I thought she was just really going to explode in, in anger at him. But people to the right of her, like myself, she didn't have a problem with. Uh, so uh, I don't think she's going to be an American disaster as president, put it that way. No, I would agree with you completely on that. And uh, I think my Republican friends would admit that some of her policies may make their toes curl for the next four years. But make mine curl. Yeah, but uh, I'm not particularly worried that she's going to go crazy or something. Or, you know, and and you and you talk about you know um, kind of trying to bring the party back to the this to normalcy. The Republicans, Bill Clinton, did that with the Democrats back in the day because they were just getting whomped routinely by massive margins in the presidential elections. And a lot of people said, well, the Democrats are, are no longer a force. And Bill Clinton took them back to the middle and kept preaching, it's the economy, stupid. And he managed, uh, President Bush gave him an opening with the, with the taxes situation. And bingo, uh, he got elected. And, uh, you know, we had eight years of, of pretty doggone uh, good 
economic growth in this country. So I'm not worried at all about Hillary uh, if she's elected. I, I don't like some of her stuff either, but at least I think she knows what she's doing. I'll tell you what my criticism now, is of her and Bill. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Tom. I'm hogging here. Uh, well, I, I was just, just going to say something snarky, that the man of the left endorses Hillary Clinton. Stop the presses. Oh, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, let me mention one thing. I think it should be my... good for my 401k. So that's boys, boys, boys. Let me tell you what my biggest criticism of her is. Go ahead, Alan. This will surprise you. My biggest criticism of her and Bill is that they were too pro-Wall Street. And that was a leading cause of the uh, meltdown of 2008, which was eight years after they left. Because in the Clinton administration, they made a terrible mistake of the uh, out-of-control uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac loans. They ended up being called the liar loans. And also the credit default swaps, they decided not to regulate them. And because my president, George W. Bush, never changed those policies, that's what led to the meltdown of 2008. So I actually thought Bernie's criticism of her that uh, she was too pro Wall Street had some validity. I'm not worried about her being an ultra leftist. That's not her. I I don't want to see single payer health care, and I don't think you'll see that. Uh, but that's my biggest criticism of her was that, and actually I think Bernie was right, uh, is that she did have a tendency to, uh, even though Bernie is a socialist and I'm a capitalist, I do think she had, and Bill had a tendency to caught a Wall Street interest such as. Uh, Bob Rubin, who was the Treasury Secretary, and others uh, involved with Wall Street. Okay, boys, we're at that point in time in the Politically Incorrect podcast where we're doing last call. So I'll uh, tell you what, we're going to go with Joe. I'll give you last call, then we'll go to Tom, and then Alan, as the guest, you'll get last word, and then we'll come back and, and do our piece on the, uh, on the uh, situation with where to get in touch. So, Joe, go ahead. Your final thoughts on what we've talked about today. Well, I will uh, give uh, both of my colleagues on here, uh, uh, the, uh, our guest and, and our regular panelist, Tom, here, credit for making me think uh, in a term that I didn't really think was possible, that the Donald might actually drop out uh, or might be pressured to drop out. And uh, that's something uh, that I think I want to explore in uh, greater detail over the next few days to see if that's just uh, – really a realistic possibility, or uh, if, uh, in the immortal words of John Wooden, the Republicans have to dance with who brung them. Jax, you're up. I, I, I think that, uh, that Joe's point that maybe Donald wants to lose is, is a fair one for discussion. I, here yesterday in, in, in Florida in Kissimmee, the father of the man who shot up the Pulse nightclub, Omar Mateen's dad, shows up and is in a prominent position behind Hillary Clinton at her rally. And instead of talking about how something like that could have happened at her rally in Kissimmee on Monday, we're talking about Donald Trump suggesting that people who support the Second Amendment should maybe take a pot shot at Hillary Clinton. A guy who wants to win the uh, win the election in November is not saying that kind of stuff. He's not even he's not saying that sort of stuff that could even be construed to be that. I mean, where's the Secret Service arresting the guy for suggesting that we ought to assassinate a candidate for president? I'm just so frustrated with this guy. I can't stand it. Okay, I'm done. Alan, you're up. It's been a pleasure to do the uh, show with uh, Joe and uh, with Tom. I look forward to doing the show with them again. 
but uh, I think that, uh, you know, these are all valid points, but we're going to know a lot more over the next two weeks. Uh, but, again, I don't see how, barring some cataclysmic event, Donald Trump can be elected president of the United States, and because that's the case, I will sleep a lot better tonight. Guys, thanks very much. Uh, we're going to go through social media and how do you can read this stuff. Obviously, you can read Henderson and Jackson, and we hope that you constantly do on NewstalkFlorida.com, where both of them have columns uh, that they are up now and more to drop. And so, Joe, how do we get you on social media? Well, you can find me on Twitter uh, at uh, the initial J, Henderson, Tampa, T-A-M-P-A. And you can find me on Facebook at Joe Henderson, Commentary, Columns, and such. Jax? Tom Jackson, Journalist Entrepreneur, is my Facebook page. Tom Jackson, Journalist Entrepreneur. And my Twitter handle is at Thomas Jax, Tampa, T-H-O-M-A-S-J-A-X, Tampa. And our great guest for the day, Alan Steinberg. How can we find you? Oh, I'm delighted to have all of you join me as Facebook friends. My Facebook page is Alan Joel, J-O-E-L. That's the middle name my wonderful mother and father gave me. Alan Joel Steinberg. Uh, named after my grandfather in Pittsburgh, uh, Jim. And uh, my, uh, to- my Twitter handle is asteinberg613. Uh, and I look forward to talking with all of you on Facebook and uh, on Twitter. And uh, this has just been terrific. And, uh, Jim, you run a show that is an example of real dialogue and uh, enhancement of intellectual, uh, you know, thought. That's very much unlike a Donald Trump rally. Well, Alan, it's it, it helps. Nobody to have got a, hurt. It, it helps. No one got hurt. <laughs> That's true. It helps to have a good panel of, of, uh, of guests. And uh, Mr. Henderson, Mr. Jackson, keep me uh, keep me straight. Guys, thanks oh, very much. The best. They are. Guys, thanks very much. Uh, You've just been listening to the Politically Incorrect podcast. You can find us on NewstalkFlorida.com. You can find us at BlogTalkRadio.com. You can find us in the iTunes store, also Google Play, and pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast, you can find us. So by all means, go out there, check some of the ones we've had in the past, and uh, sign up for us because we will be delivering at least one or two a week from now until either Hillary Rodham Clinton becomes president or um, someone by the name of Trump, or as I think Tom Jackson suggested, maybe Paul Ryan becomes president in the fall. One of the three of those candidates are likely to be there. Thanks very much for joining us today. And again, it was a pleasure having Alan Steinberg uh, with us, and we look forward to having Alan back again sometime soon. Guys, again, a lot of fun. Enjoyed it. Politically Incorrect podcast. Find us, enjoy us. It's been fun.